We need to stop passing the value judgment that it's wrong to be happy. We need to stop passing the value judgment that money is evil or being lazy is evil or good and bad. Like enough, stop. Whatever you believe in, it doesn't matter. You are created the way you are for a reason. The cookie lady? Oh my gosh, that was one of the reasons why I came to Maui. No joke. Oh yeah, there's there's a couple of really awesome people. There's the empanada lady, the cookie lady, the happy lady. The happy lady? (laughs) I like it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's uh I followed Dwayne Johnson, you know, and he always talks about, he's from down there too, and he talks about the cookie lady from Maui, and that's one of the reasons why I had to go over there. But then Oh nice. Then we went to Mama's Fish House. Oh my oh, yeah. lord! On the north coast, that was just mind blowing, and of course, the menu changed every day, just because of what what literally what the fishermen catch that morning for the restaurant. I know it's, oh, it's a pretty gosh. awesome uh, like place. They're closed right now, obviously, because of what's yeah, going on. Yeah. But the whole like fresh cuisine, really delicious um, stuff. And boy, I got to tell you, you think you've seen great service? You ain't seen nothing until you've seen how Mamas treats you. Like they oh, are Lord, no joke. Really on point. Even if, even if for some crazy reason a dish doesn't come out right, yeah, the service that's it's wrapped in. It it, it was mind blowing to me when we were there. It was actually during when the volcano on the Big Island was erupting. So there was the it's the volcanic ash, but was it called the Vash or something like that? No, the the Vog. That's it. Volcanic Vaughan. smog. That's yeah, it. Vaughan oh, is less of a big deal um, on Maui. It's a very big deal on the Big Island. Yeah, no doubt. It was carrying over though too, because there was one time we went into a brewery while we were there too, and as soon as I walked out, it was like instant burn in my eyes. And as soon as we got mm. back to Oahu, it was just fine. You know, I've got allergies yeah. and stuff anyways, but it was just mind-blowing because the wind picked up and then all of a sudden, as soon as I got in the car too, because we rented a vehicle to drive around the island, as soon as I got in the car, I was also better within just like minutes. You know, it, it yeah. was crazy to me, but I love the islands. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. I'm really excited to to be able to call this my home. It's yeah, yeah. certainly the most picturesque place I've ever lived. No joke. I love that. No, absolutely. We did a helicopter ride around Oahu too. And that, that was mm-hmm. just, just seeing places that you cannot get to by foot or, or car yeah, or anything I else. I, I really blowing. wanted to fly over all the lava on the big island, yes. but I didn't do it. Oh, why not? I'm cheap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so cheap. A- <laughs> I mean, oh, it's painful. Like I'll yeah. spend on good food and good wine, travel to get there, but then I'll like, like I can afford to stay in a really ritzy place, but like I'm like, nah, it's not worth it because I'm not going to be home much. You know, I'll just stay in a dump and who cares? Yeah. So what you're telling <laughs> me really is that you have priorities though, because you're saying good food and good wine, but you'll you'll spend less in a hotel because you see where you want to focus your finances, and I like where you're well, going I with do, that. Absolutely, I'm very. Wealth conscious and wealth is what you keep, not what you earn. And I, yeah, I I can be cheap, frugal, miserly, whatever you want. But I, yeah, I pinch those, uh, I pinch those nickels so hard the buffalo poops. I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is kind of like pre-show, but I think we need to include this for real. This is good conversation. (laughs) This is typically how the show goes. I never know. (laughs) Yeah, right on for sure. But no, we do as soon as everything kicks on. But yeah, this is fantastic. It's good to meet you. 
Yeah, it's good to meet you too. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm I'm thrilled that like the first two minutes of this conversation has been like super fun already. So I'm like really stoked to be able to have like an awesome interview with you and like make some great stuff happen and right on. all it. That's so yeah. cool. I love it. So let, uh, here, we're already in. All right. So welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. I'm Rick Jordan. I'm here with Laura Benedetto. I, I pronounced your name right? You did. Oh, thank God. Yep. That's awesome. You should see some of that. Yours is actually one of the easier ones. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I, I pride myself on being good at being, you know, able to pronounce different last names, and and there have been some where I just look at it, and I'm like, hello, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll do first names sometimes, like hello, Laura, because I can't. Or the other day, I th- I can't remember the last name. I'm like, what's up, Nick? You know, it's just so easy. Yeah, or if when first and last are tough. Hi. Hi, I love it. Oh my gosh, it's like we're kindred spirits. I swear. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to chat with you. Thanks for inviting me on your show. This is awesome. Oh, I love it. You know, we, I've been having, it's really fantastic because I've been having a lot more females on the show lately and I just have amazing conversations with women. I always have. And, well, we are pretty extraordinary. You're for just sure. memo now. No joke. Yes. <laughs> Growing up, I always had more female friends than I did male friends. And the, the male thing, I was just never into, and even now, because it's like when I walk into a room and some people see this is arrogance but no it's like when i walk into a room because there's confidence and i know one of your six things is presence too i understand it's presence with yourself but there's a presence that i have about me and it's always like the guy's guy everyone wants to talk to me everyone wants to be around me that's great but i also like to have conversations that last more than three minutes about sports that are you know that's oh you're in no danger of that here (laughs) i don't get sports ball even remotely (laughs) oh my gosh no don't give me i love sports i played baseball for nine years was really great at it's soccer for four i absolutely love sports but i much more enjoyed playing it because of the social aspect than just talking about it you know or diving into the stats and everything else or going over to the guy's place and having a bunch of beers you know and just talking about all the players it's like let's talk about things that matter in life i'm all about having fun let's do that but even like Mm -hmm. video games and xbox right which is sort of like this the other thing right the the guys play all the video games and everything and i'm probably going to make some enemies and get some unfollows for saying what i'm saying right now but I don't care, you know, because I, I love everybody. Do you? Uh, like, like the video games, though, when I get in front of that, I always had, and I haven't for a few years now, but I always had to play with friends, you know, and have the conversations and actually just have that social engagement around them. I would never sit down and play by myself. You know, it's just not something that computed in my head because I even felt like that should be a social interaction. Well, it's lonely. I mean, listen, clearly you're an extrovert. I Till the pandemic arrived, I had no idea how extroverted I really was. You know, <laughs> introverts are hunkering down like, good. Oh, I know. Good. Yep, yep. And then you get the extroverts. I miss humans so bad. And that, that was definitely me. And like, unless I can play a video game with my husband, we found a really great one. I can't remember the name yeah. of it, but it was like this whole, uh, oh, Uncharted. If you haven't played that, holy crap. I haven't, so good. no. Oh, my God, it's epic. I think it's on the PlayStation 4. Uh, it's really, really good. It was like our date night. Like, I you know, I'd finished doing my thing. We'd play for an hour or so. And we'd like, I don't like the fight scenes because like I get stressed out. And he yeah, likes yeah. bang, 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 shoot him up. He likes that stuff. So here, you do those and I'll do the nice, quiet, like roaming around. And we'd like watch each other play and bit like sports and whatever. I mean, the whole thing, it's supposed to be for, for at least the extroverts in the room. Let's hang out. Let's talk. And, you know, for you and me, we like substantive conversations yep, about more yep. than just the surface. 
right on. Oh, I love that too. Cause that, you know, ever since having more females on the show too, I've been giving more relationship advice, but you right there are giving some of the best ever because it, you know, video games was never like a thing with my wife and I, you know, we never really played mm. them together. And, but I'm hearing this more and more now that like that, that's a really, really good thing. And I think back and it's like for all the dudes, cause this wasn't me, maybe that's not why it was ever a thing with my wife. And I was playing video games together because I would always play with other guys in a social aspect, play the games mm. with other guys in a social aspect versus I know a lot of dudes will just sit down and play by themselves, uh, play the games mm. by themselves. But that's awesome because that's so cool that you would just dive in there and play with your husband. And that can be a fantastic date night. Well, I mean, I know you're going to think this is weird, but we like each other. We actually want to hang out. And he, he has difference that different interests that have nothing to do with me and then I have interests that have nothing to do with him but you know we do try to come together like so yeah, for example yeah. hiking I like going for a nice walk I love looking at pretty views you know I like going up a mountain just so I can see what's at the top of it basically let my legs take my eyeballs on a vacation my husband on the other hand he wants to climb a mountain for like the exercise of it he wants to go like you know 20 miles an hour like hauling ass up the hill and I'm yeah. like Ooh, um, no, but I'll go with you if we can stop and go sort of quick. So our marriage is one of compromise in like all the things like, you know, I bake, he cooks and sometimes be like, Hey, can I help you cook? Oh, you're playing video games. I'll play with you if you want, you know, and like, although, you know, last time I was like farting around with like crafty stuff, he didn't jump in. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Whatever for, what was he thinking? You don't want to glue seashells on cardboard? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's awesome. (laughs) You don't want to make candles with me? Come on now. (laughs) That's awesome. It's it's a lot of fun, but you know, it's, I I think, uh, I think a healthy marriage is one where you have um, each partner is really fully expressed as an individual first and foremost. And then when you do that, you feel less like you don't want to join your partner in things because you know your basic needs are met by yourself. Like you met your own needs. Your spouse is not responsible. And then, you know, diving into something that they like is more fun and it's definitely easier to do. Like my husband, he is like, he's a wine expert. He's like looking at like agriculture and like starting all these other businesses it's not my jam but my husband is my jam so you best believe i'm going to talk about it it will be my new favorite topic you know that's cool you said something that really stuck out to me is that you know your your spouse's needs are not really something for you to fulfill you know it, it was something like that what, what, what did you just yeah. say oh god now we both failed i know and- right yeah <laughs> no but it was so interesting because it was a, or it's like you, oh your it's needs are not your spouse's job yeah, it's to fulfill. not your job yeah it's not your job to make your spouse happy that's your spouse's job to make your spouse happy like it's not my husband's job to make me happy like it's my job and i need to be a wholly fully expressed happy you know totally complete person sure totally apart from him he does not complete me like that whole like oh my god you complete me jerry mcguire wrong it's so toxic (laughs) it's like no no no. you you complete yourself 
And your marriage will be more enjoyable when you bring a complete, fully formed human to the relationship. That's amazing. Really, you're talking about identity, your own self-identity in that, in that Absolutely. portion. Absolutely. Yeah. Let, let, can we unpack that? Because you're, you're really talking Absolutely. about some amazing things that resonate a lot with me. Because I started this journey a couple years ago, you know, which is really how I came into podcasting and everything else about mm-hmm. just diving into what really makes me happy. Because I, I, everybody's gone through stuff in life, you know, and my stuff was I'm an ex-pastor, you know. I'm still ordained because ordination is for life, you know, but coming through the church stuff that I did is that there was a lot of like suppression, you know, what I was in and more, more like oppression because it was a lot of like false humility that was thrown upon you to where you can't actually be happy with yourself and who you are as far as presenting total, like the total And you get condemned for that. Yeah, exactly. Because everything that, that crosses the line that makes somebody else uh, jealous, you know, like those that are above you, all of a sudden you become egotistic. You know, or arrogance, and it, versus yeah, saying that, I, that there's humility, and it just is what it is. Because that, and it's not just churches; it's everything. It's in the workplace; it's everywhere that this sort of energy exists. So it's not just churches. But I'm saying, when I moved away from that, I started really searching and working on myself to say, you know what, I need to fulfill myself. You know, and whether you believe in God or whether you don't believe in God, it's still like, you know, if you do, it's He's given you a purpose, but He's already created you. This is what I believe. He's already given you every single thing that you could possibly need. Like when you were born, he created you exactly who you were. You're born exactly who you were supposed to be, even if you don't believe in God. You're created how, how you were supposed to be your entire life. You have all the strength, all the capabilities, yep. all the intelligence, everything built inside of you already. You just have to find those, and that's what makes you happy is when you start to see fulfillment in your own self. Am I preaching to the choir here? I kind of think that I am, a little bit. Uh, you are, and I'm actually like, I, I don't know where the next two or three minutes are going to go, but um, I, I was just write, writing a note, and it's probably yeah. why you had a stream close-up of my face. I was trying to grab my post <laughs> No, you're good. <laughs> um, um, nice pores, huh? So, uh, we're... You know, so yeah, sure. Right, right, yep. of course. So um, the the whole concept of we are born with what we need is a big, big part yeah. of yeah. my belief structure. And I don't want to lose that. But what I do want to comment on first, um, first of all, this is a tricky subject, particularly with those that walk, you know, the, the journey of faith. And yeah. um, there are a lot of things within the trappings of religion that discourage us from utilizing the gifts that we were given at birth. Yeah. either by God or by universe or by spirit or just by mom and dad, right? right, on, right we're, on. we're born with a lot of the things that we need. And actually we're born with all of the six habits. And that's kind of where I was going with that. Like for you to be able to say that you're right, right? I want to teach people about the six habits and I want to change the world and help it be happier and help each of us return to our natural state of being. Um, but yeah, we need to stop passing the value judgment that it's wrong to be happy. We need to stop passing the value judgment that um, money is evil or being lazy is evil or good and bad. Like enough, yeah, stop. Yeah. If you believe in God, universe, spirit, mom, dad, the boogeyman, whatever you believe in, it doesn't matter. Um, you are created the way you are for a reason. I am a person that swears like a trucker, really wish I wasn't, but I am. I've been through the seventh circle of hell. And you know what? I have a unique gift to the world because of who I am. 
people know I am not lying. I am not full of crap. I am going to tell you exactly like it is. I've been through hell and I've come out the other side. And all of the things that make me who I am, that, that many sectors of society and religion would like to tell me I am wrong for being, thinking, wanting, loving, appreciating, or being proud of, they were all put there by design. I am not an accident and I am not a shameful creation. I am a powerful creation here in service and service comes in many forms. Right on. Man, I love that. I do know. Exactly. And that's, uh, you're hitting on so much stuff that's been on my personal journey the past couple years too. And uh, it's, I appreciate you because this is something that everybody needs to hear. You know, and if everyone can grasp this or even 10% of the world can grasp this concept, I feel that we would just move so much further as a culture, as as a society ahead and we wouldn't see things around us because what, what causes what causes everything that we see the riots the the looting everything else that we're seeing right now you know even the handling of the pandemic it's all self-serving rather than serving others is it not uh it is and oh my god you're asking all the right questions i love this interview you're you're my new best friend Um, no you're asking the right questions right you've heard that people say all the time oh money is the root of all evil evil ever hear that one before oh yeah it's so wrong and and then or or like greed greed is the root of all evil wrong both are wrong they're too surface dig deeper this the root of all and i say air quotes evil right all that is painful all that is um terribly expressed right is insecurity insecurity is the lack of being secure secure in what are we thinking seventh grade security like i look really good today or i'm insecure i have acne no i'm talking about core like maslow's hierarchy of needs security i feel secure that i will feed my family i feel secure that i am loved i feel secure in my health i feel secure and safe in my home that people will not come barging through my door i feel safe from a virus that terrifies me i feel Mm. safe to exist in the community as a woman and not be raped for having the nerve to walk down the street in a pair of shorts like people are insecure and i say this being a person right we are insecure where does this insecurity come from it comes from the very thing that is so great right that we're trying to exist within which is civilization civilization is communities tribes people thoughts ideas families all coming together for this common goal and this common vision of like a gigantic unified family right yeah and we all yeah. work in harmony we have buildings we have jobs and you know somebody takes out the trash somebody else builds the plumbing like we are a civilization unfortunately it is that very civilization and the needs of the civilization that actually erode all of the six habits and actually give us this insecurity because in order to exist within a civilization and know your place and all this other stuff you have to be broken down a little bit for other people to stuff you in the hole they want you in oh my gosh so there's a couple of questions going on in my head right now as you're saying all this because it we're born a specific gender, right? Either either male or female. And whether you identify with that gender or not, as you continue to process through life, that's, that's neither here nor there. And the question I'm going to ask you is, because there's typical insecurities, and I'm wondering how you feel about this, what the biggest insecurity you see that might be thrust down upon males and the biggest insecurity you see that might be thrust down upon females from civilization. You know, what are the two that you see there that destroy the six habits? Yeah, um, 
Thank you for the invitation. It is a tough question. I am going to preface it with saying I'm literally only going to cover just the two typical binary options. Yeah. And I fully acknowledge and love all of the other expressions. And whoever listening, if you don't identify with the binary, I love you anyway. And you're beautiful as is. Okay. I'm just going to talk about the two because it's just shorter. Perfect. <laughs> it's no, no, that's exactly okay. where I'm going. Yeah. Which is why I had the preface too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If, Preface, preface, preface. Yeah. Look at all the disclaimers. Okay, so please don't hate me too much. That's I'm trying my thing, best. Right? Yeah, I know, right? Right. So, so here's what it is. As a um, typical binary cisgendered woman, I was born as a female. I identify as female. I am heterosexual. You know, this is an expression that a lot of us have, right? And little girls like myself are socialized to be well-behaved, pretty, but not too pretty, be beautiful, but not a slut, make sure you're friendly, you know, uh, but not too friendly, and make sure you're bold, but not too bold, and make sure that you're thin, but not too thin, and make sure your boobs are the right size, but not, the, not too big, you know, and not too small. And little girls are raised to never, ever, ever measure up because they are constantly given conflicting information and what it does, inside of me and others is you grow up with this gnawing sense of inadequacy because you cannot make everybody happy right and you are basically programmed from birth you must make everybody happy i'm telling you to do this i'm telling you to do this this one's telling you to do that i will like you when you do what i tell you i will not like you if you don't do what i tell you blah 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 and little kids and tiny humans when we first enter the planet regardless of gender or sexuality we want to be loved so yeah. we try to make people happy with us right and this is where it begins little boys are taught not to cry don't have feelings and no you can't wear that dress you know, you can't you can't have feelings like that. And oh, um, you know, you need to be tough and you need to be a cowboy and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think of some of the crap that my husband has told me about how he was taught when he was a little boy and the messages he received. And, you know, the thing is, we always do the best with the information that we have. And it doesn't mean that our parents, our loved ones are maliciously trying to manipulate our little minds and ruin our lives. They're not, they're doing the best they know how. We are all doing the best we know how. So, you know, you said if we could affect 10% of the population, I've got an audacious goal to like go to like 15%. I wanna affect a billion people and it actually begins with parents. So the goal is to help people realize yes. Right? People yep, to realize I I lost my six habit mastery, but I can get it back. And and I can return to my most joyfully expressed self. And I can be secure. I can be safe. I can I I am loved, right? And here's the thing about that. When mom and dad model this, not teach, when they model this, little Jane and Johnny grow up to be happy, never lose their identity, never lose their joy, never lose the security. They go, they become better parents. They, they, they go about the world and they give and they heal and they grow and they're confident and secure. They feel safe. They give, they attract wealth and people love them mm, yeah. because everybody loves the good. Yeah, we, we're, yeah. we're like magnets for the good. Yep. But when we're so like just twisted, we, we, the road is obscured. 
That's and that's what I'm that's what I'm here on this planet to fix. I love that. So you're talking about mom and dad, right? And there's scenarios because divorce rates over fifty percent. It's even rising now post the pandemic, which is mm-hmm. sad because now there, there's more fo- more forced cohabitation. You know, and this happens because sometimes you marry the wrong person. You know, it's like one out of two people probably marry the wrong married the wrong person, and in those scenarios, because I'm I'm right with you, it's always it always comes down to parenting. One hundred percent, the way that the kids turn out always comes down to parenting. There's other influencers, of course, which are typically educators, or if you belong to a, another type of society like a church, those are influencers. It do, it sure does exactly. And, and here's the thing: let's just jump in right in and yeah. say this. This is a very pivotal point, mom and dad. If you're listening to this, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong for sure at all. Yep. It just means means you're doing what you learned and you have an invitation to to elevate yourself on behalf of you and your little ones right now wouldn't that make your parents happy too if you're better than your own parents with your own kids you know the, the grandparents it would for me same. I mean, if I yeah. ever get to be a mom, I would hope that my kids would grow up to be smarter than me and happier than me and and, and not make all the dumb, dumb decisions that I've done, you know, and, sure. and lead a better life without the hardship. Yeah. That's what we want for our children when we love them. Right it's on. Better. Right on. So in those that are unfortunate enough to go through divorce and maybe fortunate because I, I look at people and some people have never really been happy since day one of their marriage. All of a sudden, you know, if they didn't live together beforehand, they're living together, they find out, hey, maybe this was a mistake or they find out something three months down the road, three years down the road, 30 years down the road, whatever it is. You know, and in that parenting scenario, of course it's going to be more tough as soon as it's a single parent scenario. Because now there's more of an influence on one side, whether it's the dad or the mom, depending on who the kids go with, or sometimes the kids get split. It's a sad scenario. But in that case, where do you see that either of those parents can shine? You know, and still portraying and by example, showing their kids what it's supposed to be so that their kids can still be secure. Mm. I know it's a hard, it's a big question. It is. Um, I want to just preface because I love prefaces. I am not a parenting expert, but I'm an expert of, of behavior in humans. And the one thing I can tell you is when we have a better relationship with ourselves, it's so much easier for us to have a better relationship with others. Yeah. When you accept yourself, you're able to accept others and forgive them and love them, even though you may not be with them and your relationship has changed. And I've been through a divorce. And you know something? While I'm incredibly happy and grateful to not be in that marriage anymore, I still send him loads of love, good fortune. Oh, yeah. And I wish nothing but good things for him, but 5,000 miles away. Bye-bye. So, <laughs> you know, like... I, if I were to talk to him, you know, I would want the conversation to be one of respect and appreciation and no bitterness. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. The thing is, we oftentimes approach crappy relationships or crappy situations with a, a really like dismal outlook or negative outlook, or we bring a really just yeah. really terrible constitution of our own to it because we haven't actually worked on ourselves and we are bringing up our garbage. And, you know, we'll walk into a situation stressed out about it the entire week prior. Oh my God, that's going to go like crap. I don't want to see my ex-husband. Oh my God, I can't stand him. I can't believe this crap he put me through. Not only are you not present, you're borrowing pain from the future and you're living in the past and you're destroying the present because you're busy focusing focusing on like what was and what could be versus what is, which is I am not meeting with this person right now. I'm actually whole and complete and there's nothing wrong. 
That's beautiful. It's so similar, too, because we talked about the church stuff a little bit ago when I was heavily involved as a pastor in the church. You would see people that would move on to another another church, meaning, you know, not like move geographically. They didn't move their families geographically, but they would go from one church in the town to maybe a different church, maybe in the next town, whatever it is. And then when that happened, I saw so many similarities to what you're talking about right there, because I would see that some of the other pastors around would be like, well, why did they leave? You know, oh, they had the problem. Problem. That's what happened, and they would never look at themselves. And I would always go, "It's like they divorced the church, you know." When really they just moved from one place to another. Maybe it was better for their family. Maybe You're just the other swapping place. one set of problems for another. Yeah, That's right all. on. And, and none it. of those none of those individuals that said, "Oh, they left and got pissed at them for leaving that church or, or shifting their needs in that moment," ever looked inside themselves because it was their own insecurities. Just saying, well, there's no way it could be me because they weren't happy with themselves. And there was no way in that moment that they could focus or even even take a look at, you know, and there's a phrase in the Bible too that says, hey, you need to examine yourself. They wouldn't even go to that depth and say, what is wrong with me? Self-inquiry is the beginning of all pivotal life change. Oh my God, yes, yes. I had to take a quick breath because this is intense and I love it. <laughs> I know this I'm, is fin- <laughs> we're going deep. Intensity feels like my middle name. It's like, Oh, you want a calm conversation? Call someone else. Yes, please. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so happy about this because this is the stuff that's Me almost too. swept under the rug most of the time too, that nobody ever well, wants to talk about. This is the stuff about. that matters. You said you wanted a conversation of substance. Yeah. Here you go. Bingo. Like this is the stuff that matters. Like, you know what? It's funny. I like what you, uh, you brought up about like, you know, are we looking at ourselves? I remember yeah. one of my red flag questions that I was asking my husband that I'm married to and happily married to. I was asking him as he was like moaning about his previous relationship. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And what did you do wrong? Yeah. And and then it took him some minutes of contemplation. He was able to answer the question. And it was like, in my mind, I was like, if you cannot answer this question, I cannot marry you because... Yeah. I will be in for a lifetime of crap and I don't want that. I want someone that's self-aware and that's willing to actually have the courage to be wrong and have the courage to want to grow as a person. It's it's good and I think I've definitely got the right partner now that uh, he's willing to be like, yep, royally messed that up. That was me. Yep, sorry. <laughs> That's fantastic. Our fights are like yeah. really tiny these days. They can be a bit explosive because we're both explosive people, but um, they're shorter and more polite. So that's good. Right on. <laughs> you know, and it, there's nothing wrong when it comes to arguments too with them being explosive. You know, it's a, yeah. it's almost like that. To me, the burst of emotion has to come out because as long as that emotion is still there, even if it's suppressed or oppressed, that can actually cloud some of the reasoning centers in the brain. And, and, Absolutely. And forces you to try to focus on the other person rather than yourself. It's like, what do well, I... Right. What do I need to do in this conversation or in this situation to help move mm-hmm. past it rather than just beating down the other person? And it's exactly. A- it's not about winning. It, it's, I mean, this is not a revelation. You've seen this before. It's not you against me. It's you and me against yeah. the problem. And like, you know, so my husband and I are both passionate Italians. I'm a descendant. He's actually fresh off the boat. So I'm also a Sagittarius. He's an Aries. <laughs> fire sign, right? So it's like, when it's good, it's great. When it's not, get a helmet. It, right it can on, be yeah. really fiery, but like, we find that like it can flare up really quickly and if we just both take a few minutes just like wow feelings ah!" and then be like okay well now that i just got that out of the way 
let me talk about what I'm actually upset about now that I can be objective and I got my big stupid feelings out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what do you have to say to an Irish Scorpio about something like that? You know? you're, you're doomed, dude. I know, right? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh Lord, that's awesome. So out of your six habits, because I love this too, I love what you talk about in your book. What's your favorite one out of those six? Oh God, that's like asking a favorite child. I know. I it's like somebody asking me, what's my favorite movie when I love movies, you know? And I'm like, I like to go see all movies or what's your favorite song? It's like, I love to go. I love all genres. You know, one day I'll be listening to hardcore rap. The next day it's classical Beethoven, you know, whatever it is. I, I feel you. Mm. It's a deep question. You know what? I would have to say. What's the, maybe what's the, the one that made the goodness. most goodness? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that the one that made the most impact in your life? No, it's not, no. but it's the one that's the hardest for me because, um, being a workaholic, I suck at fun. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I suck at fun. Like I'll walk into a party. So listen, I was doing this amazing spreadsheet last night. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Guys, I was like, ripping. like, I was, you should have seen this new formula I built. Dude, I am not fun at parties. Okay. Like I moved to Maui so I could learn to be fun. And I, I think it's my favorite habit because it was the, um, it was the most interesting journey to a realize, wow. I am a workaholic and it's the only addiction you get congratulated for having. Okay. So I'm going to have to unpack that on my own. I need to learn to be fun. I need to learn to add good to my life. And I, Oh my God, look at all the toxic garbage I've got to remove from my life. I mean, it's painful. I grew a lot, Yeah. but I think, I mean, they're all my favorites. I love them and they all serve different purposes. Like the ones I grew the most with and saw the most exponential change is kindness and acceptance. But it was when I really focused in on the goodness and I still do, um, that I actually started to become my inner self the Mm. most. I I felt the most expressed. I felt the most genuine. I cut off all the dead weight. Ooh, you're toxic. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And just, you know, like, and also I learned a lot of acceptance around within goodness, right? The acceptance that some relationships are only meant to last a season, not a lifetime. And uh, I, I lost my fear of change. I lost my fear of big, big stuff. I love adventure. That's kind of like my love language right there. Like, so when my husband's like, Hey, want to move to Maui? Mm, I'm scared, but okay. Yep. Yeah. Goodness has been, it's definitely been my favorite from that perspective. That's right. You're saying that's the hardest one or it was the hardest one for you. Maybe it's still the hardest one. You moved to Maui now. I'm, I'm assuming your party skills got a little better after moving to Maui. No, because nope. we're all in like lockdown, no fun, well, and now, I have no friends here. Yes. <laughs> now. <laughs> well, I mean a few friends. I can't say that, but like I hardly get to see them because, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, everybody's concerned. Kids are in school. There's like the, you know, the, the coronavirus fears and whatever. And, you know, it's just it's really devastating to one's social life uh, in addition to devastating to other things. But I've learned to really lean into my relationship with my husband, like really lean into my relationship with myself and go outside yeah. and spend yeah. more time with um, the creatures that live here and the beautiful plants and the, the incredible air and just everything and just be with self. I and love that's huge. that. How big are you into rum? This is just a random thought that came in my head because I know Maui has a lot of sugarcane fields, which is pretty fantastic. 
fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't say big, yeah. but if you put a rum cocktail in front of me, it'll probably be gone in like two minutes. Good so plan. maybe a big Love fan. That. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm into sweetness here and there, but you know, there's a there's one specific scotch that is. I'm big into scotch. That's what what I like. What, that's my jam. And there's one Balvini 14 that is finished in rum casks. So it's oh it's you know 12 years and, and it's French oak barrels, and then they shove it in rum casks for like another two years. It is just divine. I know. I would say I'm like a whiskey, rum, vodka. I really just kind of turn myself off with tequila because that was basically like what I drank in my 20s because it's like, oh, I'm going to have a margarita. And I just like really OD'd on the margaritas. Not that I got drunk, really, but just I just lost a taste for it. So my husband is a sommelier. Um, so that's a wine expert. Awesome. Oh, what I, that means. Yeah. Oh, this has benefited my life and my taste buds nicely. <laughs> right so um, he just opened a gorgeous Italian uh, Barbaresco for me the other day. It was like a nice aged one, and it was extraordinary. And, um, you know, it's nice to be able to hear about it, learn about it. And it's been really cool to, like, learn about sometimes, like, how they finish, like, oh, yeah. the, the bourbons or the whiskeys or the whatever and, like, how they do it. And, like, now there's even, like, maple syrups that they're finishing finishing in bourbon mm-hmm. barrels and all this other stuff. And it's just so nice. And did you know I'm a baker? Um, yeah. I'm really, really good at getting me and other people fat. And I made these apple bourbon um, French macarons one time. Oh, forget Ooh. it. You're going to eat like eight of them and like really think about your life choices. When no you're joke. Done. How was your husband with that? Because you can pair wines very nicely with desserts, too. I mean, what, what would he dive into with something like that? First, um, I'm just going to say, well, I know he's a sommelier, which means he's an equal opportunist, I'm sure. But I feel like it's the yes. first responsibility of every wine to be read. Just saying. You know, that's just how it's got to I concur. Be. I concur. We We're done here. Okay. Yep. Um, he, this is the most tragic thing of all time. He actually is allergic to wine because Ooh. of the, um, yeah, it's, a, there's a yeast that's in there. He can have, um, he can't have baker's yeast or brewer's yeast. Um, and the brewer's yeast I was allergic to for about a year or so. Saccharomyces, Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Um, and that can give you like intestinal issues. Yeah. And that's in a lot of the new world wines. He just lost a taste for it. So now he just helps me to enjoy wine. I'm winning so much yeah, you are. right now. Fantastic. It's like, you mean I don't have to share this bottle with you? Darn. <laughs> I'm so of, upset. Which of the six habits does that help with? That's what I want to know. Because that's pretty fantastic. Probably all of them, I would think. You know, gratitude, acceptance. Yeah, it's all about me. I'm it's grateful not about you, you can't have this. Oh, and yeah, I get right all on. of it. I'm grateful for you. <laughs> oh, Laura, we have a fun conversation for sure. I like that. Yay, fun. Yeah, right on. So what what are you working on right now? Because I know, you know, as far as the six habits go, that's really what I'm talking about. Because I know you said goodness is the hardest, which I'm sure all, I know that all of these are just a continuous effort in life. They have to be because there's different phases and seasons that you go through in life. And there's a continuous because there's different challenges that I'm sure that approach you. What's the one that you're working on the most right now? Um... I would say in response to what you said that, you know, we go through seasons, like a habit is something we do unconsciously. Right. And you brought up something really interesting that no one's ever asked me before. Like, how do we keep these habits? Like if you are a person that really loves your habits, right. Kind of like people that love to have their coffee first thing in the morning, you don't need to work to keep that habit. Right. Cause life is probably not going to take that one away from you, but things like, you know, kindness, maybe gratitude, like intention, life can actually threaten to take these away and 
although you can be unconsciously good at these things, things like COVID will actually show up and threaten the integrity of the habits that you've built because they throw you curveballs. So I've been thrown curveballs. So I'll give you a curveball, which will answer which habit I'm working on. So I retired at 37 at the end of 2008 and I kept the company and the woman that I adore and love who's been running the company for me uh, right as COVID was starting to sink its ugly claws into America was diagnosed with cancer. So this means that I had to briefly unretire and steer the company through the worst crisis of its existence while my successor, whom I love, has cancer. And all the while, I now have a new company to run. Wow. So the habit that I've needed to hang on to and never let go has actually been gratitude. Gratitude is the thing that's been keeping me able to jump in every meeting with a can-do attitude jump into paying her while she was out on sick leave for a very long time um, with joy and love in my heart with with being able to like approach like challenging situations everything with a can do I got you we're gonna work this out kind of attitude and things are actually going pretty well and the only way I've been able to do it is by massively appreciating the good but also the problems and what they reveal and wow. that's really pivotal those problems that are revealed you never really it's almost like you you have to have a willingness i feel in order to even allow those yeah. things to, to show up because they're always going to exist there but it's almost like you make it the white elephant in the room too yeah uh, yep. i love where your six habits are because that's really helping you allow that that veil to be torn back or really torn down to show what those problems are because it's it's horrible sometimes and i get this because it's a lot less now because i've done a lot of work on myself and accepting who i am and actually allowing myself to be completely me in most scenarios and i say that as far as most scenarios because is there ever a time and this is interesting this is something that i've been contemplating lately is is there ever a time where you get to a point to where you are fully accepting of yourself in every aspect of who you are to allow yourself to actually be everything you can be. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's that's something that I, you know, it's not a struggle of mine right now, but it's always like a, just a thought in the back of my head because there's moments to where I feel that I am all of me. It's human. Yeah, but then there's always this like put drawback, right? And most of the time when I have these holdbacks is when there's a problem there that I'm not willing to face in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I yeah. just want to shove that away for now and don't want to deal with it. And that doesn't happen often because most stuff, just like you, fearless, head on, let's go after it. But when some things- Oh, I'm not fearless. Deep, no, 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 I'm going to correct you on that one. No, no, I'm a quivering lump of jello. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid of everything, but I do it anyway. And that's the difference between uh, you know, yeah. the, the action and inaction is I'm just like, wow, I'm scared. Cool, going in. Yeah, like, right on. Entrepreneurship will teach you that. Yep, I feel you. I True. Feel you. So, you know, it's um, you know, we can we can actually achieve a state of total acceptance. I have. Um, it's it's unconditional love for yourself from yourself, and you can do that. I know it because I've done it. And believe me, I was set up to not accept myself for years, and I didn't. I hated myself. I compared myself to other people. I retired, and I was like. 
oh man, you know, I didn't, I wasn't rich enough. I didn't build the company big enough. And I didn't leave Julia like enough to work with. And I left too soon. And I did this wrong. And I did that wrong. And I don't have enough toys and I don't have yeah. the fancy Lamborghini and the ba 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 ba. Right. All of this was from a state of me, not loving me. And, and trying to find a place in the world where I needed other people to bolster my integrity and my relationship with myself. But then when I actually worked on my relationship with me and I fortified it, and it begins with identification, like, oh crap, my relationship with me is a you know, steaming dumpster fire. I need to work on this. Yes, I do. So then beginning that journey was painful, but oh my God, it was life-changing for me. Like, you know, I don't compare myself to others anymore. And I even still have some of the old lingering thoughts from before, right? Here's my attitude about my car. I'm gonna drive that sucker until the wheels fall off, right? But I hang around with a lot of incredibly wealthy people and the temptation and my old habitual self is like, oh, well, you know, your car isn't nice enough and you should probably be driving like a really nice Mercedes instead of like a five-year-old Acura, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, actually old self, shut up because new self says, I am worthy and I could be driving like the Flintstones car and still be an awesome human being. This has no impact. And if my friends don't love me as is, they don't deserve to be friends with me. And I'm good with that. I love that. Yes. The old self always is always going to creep up. And that, that, it's just, you can you can never completely kill your old self. But this is what I love that's beautiful about your old self is you always have a reference point. You can always yeah. take a look. And that's the thing. I don't, <laughs> yes. I don't want to kill her off. I love her because she got me to where she, where I am. Right on. I love old yep. Laura. I love new Laura. I love taste great, less filling Laura. Like all of the things. Like <laughs> it's um. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> love it. Welcome <laughs> to my comedy show. So yep. like, I you have to love your old self. You can't want to kill her or him or it off. You can't want to do that because that basically means that your old self that was doing his or her her best that did the very best she could with what she knew at the time yeah. and really just wanted to be loved wasn't good enough real acceptance is accepting the painful parts and saying i love you anyway real acceptance is looking back at little six-year-old you when you just really wanted someone to like your crappy little crayon drawing or like look at the froggy you were holding and be as excited as you please love me and that little kid needed love and that's your job now to look back at that little kid i love you isn't it cute that you love froggies i love froggies too yeah. you're great like we need to reach back within ourselves, love little us, love big us, love yesterday us, love today us, love tomorrow us. You know, it's so important. And that's what acceptance is. Nothing to die only to love, to nurture, accept, and 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 really like when you when you grow this, right? You develop this absolutely insane constitution mm. where you get this confidence about you. They're like, where did you get yeah. your confidence? I want to be like you, right? And then you see little kids, wow, you're so confident. Yep. I like me, you know, and like I, I went to the beach with some um, some friends' uh, daughters a couple weeks ago, and uh, they're like, "Wow, you're so confident," you know. I'm like, "Why shouldn't I be? I'm pretty great, right?" And they're like, "Well, yeah, I think you're great." I'm like, 
okay, case closed. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how I look in my bathing suit. I could look like a Victoria's Secret cover model or I could look like a potato. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, acceptance is acceptance. And it is the very definition of unconditional love. The thing that, you know, if you picture like an ideal mom or dad yeah. saying to their little three-year-old, I love you, sweetie. You're perfect. God put you together exactly this way and not a hair on your head is wrong. Not a thought you have is wrong. Not a freckle on your chin is wrong. Everything is perfect, you know? Oh, I do. If you're not lifted up today, I don't know what I don't know what's going on because this is this is a, oh, there's your cat. What's up, cat? That's my boy. Hello, yeah. sunny boy. <laughs> you saying hi? That's oh, awesome. Me. He yeah. shows up in some of my interviews. Uh, he doesn't say much, but you know, he likes yep. to make a cameo. Is that my? <laughs> it's we're all about in a serious moment, like an emotional moment here, and then it's like, oh, what's up? What's up, dude? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's, even with that, I love that too because stuff's going to happen. You know, and what, what's been interesting too is even during this show here. Here, is that there, there was a point to where I think there was audio being adjusted by my team that's in the production room right now because I think you were a little too quiet and all of a sudden you like blasted out my ears. It, it wasn't you, but in that moment you probably couldn't even tell, right? Because it's, but I look back and like what you're saying, you know, about your old self, but anything that happens in life, you know, you, you need to look back and you need to have those hysterical moments because it, you love every bit of this because at this point, even with something as simple as that, we're going to figure out what the heck happened so that doesn't happen again. So I don't look like I'm having like a spasm, right? In front of my cats, you know, but <laughs> it's a fine talking point. Yeah, okay, it, right on. It really is because uh, you know it was just yesterday that uh, I had a guest on too, and he was saying he's like, you know what, your show is produced in such high quality. I love it. You know, there's other people that are doing podcasts like around a kitchen table. You're coming from a studio, and the audio quality is just amazing. I follow you. You know, I follow you because of how high quality things, everything you do. And then there's these moments like this, which are very real for me that I wish I had behind the scenes stuff so this is making it in the show this time to where it's like all of a sudden that the audio gets oh, blared good. out I mean, my ears yeah it's messy yes embrace it it's all good and you know what here's your invitation right now you get to practice kindness to yourself you know what this went well it's a fine talking point and that was fun and i handled it like a boss <laughs> boom, done. boom exactly laura you're amazing thank you is it thank you so are you thank you thank you everyone can find you what do you like instagram facebook twitter where are you most active um, I tend to hang out um, actually in my Instagram stories lately, Sweet. but the best right way to on. get to me is actually through my website. Listen, let's just have a moment, okay? Yeah, we let's... talked about the last name thing. I have lauradibenedetto.com, but for those of us that are not brave enough to try and assemble the, the letters to get there, I have thesixhabits.com. That's where you can find all my social stuff. You can work on my, my uh, or you can find out about my TED Talk and all the neat stuff that's going on in the world of habits. I love that. That's beautiful. You're beautiful. Thank you so much for being oh, on. Yeah. And I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks. Crush it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty stoked about all the things that are happening, but most notably this particular moment is awesome. And I'm really grateful for you. And I'm, I'm so stoked that I know you. I feel like you and I are best friends now. This I know. Is so exactly. Cool. Yep. We started out just talking about Maui and the cookie lady. And then we ended up with me blasting my ears out. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am not exactly a quiet individual, so I could have done that if I was just standing next to yeah. you. <laughs> Someday, let's do that for real. The next time I'm by you, yeah. the next time when you come to Chicago, awesome. Thanks again. I'll catch you. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. 
As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message. For real, this was fantastic. I had a lot of fun. That's what this is about. Yes. Fun. I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, if we have conversations about change yeah, and they're yeah. fun, people maybe won't be so afraid of change. Bingo. I love that. You know, it doesn't have to suck. No, no, none of it has to suck. Even when you get your ears blared out. Obviously, I'm still hung up on that a little bit too because <laughs> I'm, okay? I'm re- you oh, talk? I'm good. Do you need, a, do you need an Advil? I might, I might have a scotch. I might do that. That's a little better. <laughs> <laughs>